Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you want to meet myself and Ollie Davis of Wrestle Ramble fame? Well, you can do just that by joining us at Wrestling Media Con on September 8th and 9th from the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester, England. Ollie and I will be doing a live episode of Wrestle Ramble as well as signings and photos, but that's not all. Wrestling Media Con will have shows from Cultaholic, Inside the Ropes, Wrestling with Regret, Don Callis, Botchamania, Art of Wrestling, Sean Waltman, and more. There will also be the first ever wrestling media hall of fame and wrestling shows from impact wrestling where they will be taking on the best the uk has to offer and revolution pro wrestling featuring the legendary jushin thunder liger defending his british j cup crown tickets are on sale now so head over to wrestlingmediacon.com that's wrestlingmediacon.com support wrestle talk give us a subscribe Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Luke Owen and I am joined by El Fakador Laurie Blake. One and only. Hi. This is your first time on the intros and outros. It is indeed. For the Wrestle Ramble podcast. Welcome to the intro, me. It's very exciting. So obviously this is our Smackdown review episode of the Wrestle Ramble. Um, Quite a lot to get into. Talk about the Miz versus Daniel Bryan and a couple of issues we might have with Samoa Joe reading out a letter. But before we get into that, uh, I want to have a quick Rusev Hey, I wanted to give you. Uh, This one comes in from David De La Cruz, uh, who writes in to say, Hi Luke and Ollie. I'm assuming he means you as well. I do have a few Rusev Hayes to share with you. I used to work as a store manager at GameStop a few years ago. Every year they would have a conference talking about the season's biggest games with presentations from Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo and others. One of the nights uh, at the expo uh, with... Try that again. One of the nights there was an expo of all the major games. Okay, with you now. Every year, there was always the WWE game booth where we could meet WWE stars for pictures and signings. In my tenure, I had three that I only saw, and I wish I could and I wish I could have met the last one, and you'll see why. On my first year, I met Kelly Kelly, who was very nice and very pretty. What was interesting to me is that in the signing, she was downing Red Bulls. At the time, I didn't really understand how intense their schedules were. In the, and also in that first year, I met Hulk Hogan, who was promoting his Xbox Connect game. Did he have an Xbox Connect game? I don't know. 
Was he a secret character in that Milo game that uh, <laughs> What's-His-Face was making? I have no idea. I didn't even know he had one. Uh, he was a nice guy. I felt like such a mark when he called me brother. What was interesting to me at that signing was that I saw his daughter there behind the booth waiting for him, but realised it was his girlfriend. That was a bit awkward. <laughs> 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 in my second year, I met the Miz, very nice guy, and always dressed in an amazing suit. What uh, What was cool is when I was waiting in line to some someone got to do a uh, someone got him to do a Miz promo to the people around. At the time, I didn't really appreciate it. I was a huge wrestling fan, but it was uh, was not the hardcore fan I am now. But in my third year, and this is the one he didn't get to meet, was dun, dun. the Ultimate Warrior. Aww. He was there, and the line was super long. I didn't end up waiting for the signing. In hindsight, I wish I would have waited. All my interactions with the wrestlers were great experiences. Thank you for taking the time to read my long email. Love you guys. Content. Love the ramble talk. Thank you, David Dela Cruz. Oh, because that would have been when he was on 2K... Ooh, 15? No, it was was it sixteen? Sixteen, maybe. Well, he did all the adverts. Yeah, and because he yeah. was the uh, the DLC character, the pre-order character. Yeah, what are we on now? Two K nineteen, so two K eighteen, seventeen. I think it was sixteen. Heck yeah, because that was uh, yeah, because yeah. that was his big return to WWE. He was entered into the Hall of Fame, and then died a couple, and died the next day, My basically. God. Yeah, I met um, the Miz years ago uh, at a gaming event actually. So I was working for a games uh, TV company at the time as a cameraman. And uh, we were filming an interview for the WWE game that was out at the time. This must have been like 2K14, 13, something like that. And The Miz was there. Uh, our presenter was quite well known for being uh, like a big personality. She was quite loud, quite uh, vivacious. And tried to meet The Miz on his level. Um, as they and it became this game of escalating personality <laughs> in which it started at this level of like, being like like Ollie Davis level yeah. talking and then raised and raised and raised to the point where they were just screaming <laughs> at each other doing this interview. It was the funniest thing. Because <laughs> you've done quite a few of the camera stuff for 2K games. And things yeah, like so you, a you couple did. of years ago I did one uh, for 2K16? No, 17 it would have been at the yeah. time. So 2K17 I did uh, working with a company called Explosive Allen. Um and through 2K, we were doing the PR tour stuff. So they did uh, a big event for um, shops like Game and GameStop, in fact. And uh, New Day were hosting that. Um, so we made like a little promo video stuff for like our guy, our presenter, to come on and introduce the New Day. And the New Day, we're going to play the game. Uh, quite funnily, <laughs> um, the match ended immediately. Oh, so really? Yeah, so uh, I think Kofi picked himself and Xavier picked uh, Finn Balor. Mm. During Balor's entrance as the demon, they were getting really into it, and Biggie was doing the commentary. Uh, as they were getting really into it, uh, Kofi comes out from the back, jumps Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> they they fight down to the ring, get in the ring, and I think Xavier just pinned Kofi, and Kofi forgot to kick out. <laughs> oh, so no. this whole like it was meant to be about a ten minute bit of this one hour presentation that was going on, where the New Day would come out, play the game, and then go. So then they did that sort of went. I didn't think that was going to go so quickly. Any questions from the audience? <laughs> and then when the whole thing had finished, they, so they did questions and it was really nice. They did some shouts for some kids who were in the crowd and stuff like that. And then at the end, when they were trying to walk to the back, their music didn't play. Oh, awkward. So they were like, okay, bye. And then they were like waiting for the music. And then they were just like, okay, just going to creep to the back. <laughs> creep into the back. And obviously the New Day still managed to do it with... 
comedic grace and flair. Absolutely. Yes, talking flair, to met, yeah, talking to Flair, I also filmed Ric Flair for one of these things oh, as lovely. well. Oh, lovely. You uh, do Paul Heyman as well? Uh, no, so I edited the Paul Heyman ones. That but was I didn't, it. yeah, I didn't do, I didn't get to film the Paul Heyman ones. But apparently, um, the guys I was working with, Paul had to do, I think, 15 different little YouTube adverts uh, for all the different pre orders. So it was mm. like. WWE 2K 17's out blah, blah 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 you can pre-order it here at game, and it was all specific for game and GameStop and blah 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 and it was all one take it was about a 30 second rant and he made it up every single time but just did it perfectly the first time amazing and they were like do you need any water or anything and he was like no I don't need water I need to be sweaty it needs to look intense <laughs> What a hero Paul Heyman is. Uh, I've got time for one more quick Rusev. Hey, this is from David McKenzie, who's one of our Patreon backers, one of our pledge hammers. Uh, hi, I'm digging through all the Rusev. Hey, keep the segment. So, uh, it's not just you. There was a period in time where one of our uh, the Swaff Nation pod Swafters wanted for us to drop the Rusev Hay segments because he wasn't keen on them oh, no. and he thought that a lot of other people might be in the same vein of thinking but they were not so the voices were loud that uh, we were keeping the Rusev Hayes um, I get to go to lots of indie events and meet the wrestlers all the time the one I remember the most however was, was, wasn't at a wrestling event by trade I'm a sound engineer and I've been on tours with many bands and in 20 2012, I was at Download with a small American band when I had the chance to meet Chris Jericho as he was there with Fozzy. Now, my hearing is very important being a sound man, so I wear either earplugs or defenders, and I tend to talk out loud to myself when I work because I can't hear myself think. So I spotted Mr. Jericho, and I walked over to him, and I stood next, wanting to tell what a big fan I was. But b- being that I was wearing ear defenders, I didn't quite judge how loudly I said... <laughs> listen, listen to this. There is no <laughs> loudly I said... There is no way you are six foot tall. <laughs> I was just screaming that at Chris Jericho. He literally whipped his head round and said, What did you say? Being young and dumb, I repeated myself. Now I'm a touch under five foot 11, 180 centimeters for our European friends, and in my safety boots, I would say I'm about six foot. Chris was at least three inches shorter than me. The man he said I was with and points to me uh, was... Uh, Hang on. Uh, he asked uh, the man I was with. He had pointed to and asked what I was doing in the VIP area, and he said, "I think I should leave." He wasn't rude, but quite blunt. I never got the opportunity to tell him what a big fan I was, which was the worst part. Hope you find this funny. All the best, David. Dude, you just made the list. <laughs> you certainly. That's exactly what he says in his email. I was like, I think I made the list with a Rusev. Hey, I really enjoyed that one. <laughs> <laughs> no way, you're six <laughs> foot tall. Just so That's the first thing he's heard you say yeah. as well. You didn't even say like, yeah. "Hello, I am discussing a fan. the tools of Jericho." <laughs> Uh, so let's dive into the SmackDown review. We've got quite a bit to discuss. Not the least of which, Killian Dane's new terrible attire. Here's the show. So yeah, SmackDown Live was last night. It's the Go Home edition before SummerSlam this coming Sunday, and the show was really built around Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. Mm. Now the last few weeks have been The Miz quote on the set of Miz and Mrs because that's how reality TV shows are made upon the set of his life yes exactly yes. Uh, or he's been throwing babies yep. at him or he's been throwing babies up on screens like little pictures of crying babies yeah, on a screen. lovely montage yeah or that he's been cutting the same promo but in mm. this week they did something different what they did is they recapped this eight year feud that we've had between them starting in the old version of NXT back in 2010 leading up to now and they split this across three different videos 
And it just further proves that WWE watches this show and takes the ideas that Ollie and I have and put them on screen. Because we were saying last week, why didn't they just do video packages that kind of like broke down the individual moments of their feud? Because mm. I mean, I said this in the SmackDown review. My only, because I thought these were awesome. I thought these were really good and really effective in building. They were them. great. So much better than all of the other nonsense they've done why they didn't spread this across multiple episodes mm. and do more of them because it really does this video essentially said like this feud boils down to three moments nxt talking smack daniel bryan's back and i'm like there's so much more other ones SummerSlam 2010 when daniel bryan interrupted the miz thought he was going to be in the main event and daniel bryan stole his spotlight bryan mm. won his first belt off of the miz there's all these little moments you could really pick out from the two of them that you could have built more videos around, but I thought the videos were awesome. The videos were, uh, yeah, they could have. They, what they should have done, like you said, is spread it out and put it through, peppered it through multiple episodes. Then still had, I think you could have still had a yep. lot of the moments that they've had so far. It was almost like every single time they did a promo, you got all the way up to the end point, and then they just went, Aah! and it's like, <laughs> here's a baby, and it's like, okay, like the baby thing works. I think fun like coming out with the baby carrier and mm-hmm. uh, Maurice and doing the whole like the Miz style like let's let's do a launch party for Miz and Mrs. Great idea. And then he's also it's double cowardly because his wife is there and the baby. It just didn't need to be like you didn't need to just reveal it was a fake baby. You didn't need to attack him. He could have just had Daniel Bryan come out for the confrontation and then he could literally hide a, behind the baby, like, hid behind the baby and yeah. walked out. Then you're saving the beatdown for later on. The set thing, it just didn't need to be a set. Like they could have just gone and filmed it in the car park. Like, but, yeah, you know, like they could have they could have just gone to a shop. Miz and Maurice are out shopping, and Daniel Bryan comes in and confronts the Miz while he is filming his reality show. It's so funny because I got a lot of complaints last week in my SmackDown review because I keep making fun of this. He's on sets because mm. it is nonsense because he, he's quite clearly not on set. It's absolute gubbins. It's absolute it? gubbins, and I got a lot of complaints from people saying like, "Oh, you're being too critical." Of course, like they they can't actually film on the set. They can't fly him in all the time. They can't fly him back to the set. My argument has always been like, if you can't do it, then don't. Like if yeah, it doesn't yeah. if it doesn't look good, don't do it that way. Also, if it's going to take ten seconds to do, just ask the crew of the show to do it. Can we like, film it here? Yeah, yeah. Can we not just? Can you not just film this thing and send it, and then we'll pay some money? Like not, WWE is not bereft of cash. Like, yeah, you know? like and it just it looks so rubbish with him being like it's just and a backdrop with the logo there because that's yeah. how reality TV shows work. And it's like, well, it just yeah. looks naff. And so if it's going to look naff, then don't do it because it's so distracting. Oh, you just need to be in the moment. You need to, you know, let go of your, you know, let go of your critical minds. It just looks, it looks ridiculous. But well, it seems, yeah, it seems, it seems dumb to then be like, you know, well, one, the show is on directly afterwards. <laughs> so we know what it looks like. Yeah. It's like, you know, if, if, the, if we're playing in the world where these two things exists and they reference each other. They should reference each other properly. <laughs> yeah. You know. But anyway, so I, I thought these videos were really, really effective. Mm. And I, I loved the first one with the NXT recap. Because it, it, yeah. it's not just showing the NXT footage, which works so well. It really tells us a like, really lovely story. You've got these talking heads between Brian and Miz, which I think were the only things I didn't particularly like because they were very scripted. Like, it wasn't like them literally commenting on things as if it was an interview. It was like, here is your script, now you must repeat what we have written for you. Yeah, they got much better towards the end, as both guys got angry. Yeah. Which is obviously what it was building towards, and that's why it had to be so carefully scripted. But (laughs) it it would have been nice, yeah, to just, you know, like Daniel Daniel Bryan's got a lot of opinions, and it would be quite nice to let him have them kind of freely. Yeah, and Miz can quite easily just 
say okay can you just say these things about daniel Bryan? Yeah. like cool away i go give me five minutes like yeah. and I, I can i can give you 15 like he's uh, really really good at that so it was a bit scripted and a bit hokey but like the footage and everything the comments that they were making i loved some of the stuff that ms uh, that brian was saying in this because mm. they were talking about how like daniel Bryan had been in the the indie scene for 10 years 10 plus years at this point they showed footage of him in the indies and he was like and i was the rookie to mrs pro and mm. mrs they're going like i've been in wwe for five years at this point so i was a real seasoned veteran it was like a lovely juxtaposition and he was and he was and he was multiple champions at the time as well and then he went through the whole bit where like you're saying brian left nxt like zero for ten yep he lost all ten of his matches he didn't have a win and that's why he should have listened to his veteran yeah um and then brian counters that saying that when i did join wwe though you were my first win. Yeah, exactly. My my first win was against you yeah. on Raw. And I, I thought it was a really nice touch. And it, it ends with this lovely line where it's like, I didn't need The Miz, but The Miz needed me. Mm. And that's a really, really nice touch. I thought this was really, really awesome. And it's great seeing those old clips of, of NXT. Yeah. It's, I love the recap, though, where they had to be like, NXT was quite different <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> it was. It's shown all the awful stuff. They're yeah. like carrying kegs and stuff, uh, trying to yeah. sell programs and yeah. all the other nonsense they did on that show. But this really did take up a, a large portion of SmackDown because you then got a match. Then you got the second mm-hmm. of these, which was recapping that talking smack angle. And... This, boy, how did this make me miss Talking Smack? Mm. What a great show Talking Smack was. And, like, this, that show really did fuel a lot more interest back into this feud. Because you had, obviously, like, Daniel Bryan and Miz have always mm. been at, at each other's throats while they were on the roster together. But this just almost reignited it, and it sparked so much conversation of, like, is Daniel Bryan going to return to the ring? Yeah, yeah, Because this really felt like it was a promo to set up a program. Yeah, exactly. well, that's the thing. is like, so that, that kind of, like, having being able to build it out of a talk show, when you've got so many good talkers as well. Yeah. Like, the SmackDown roster is full of, well, at the time especially, was full of, like, when Kevin Owens was there, it was full of people who were great on the mic and great off the cuff. And, like, that is what that show was entirely designed yeah. for. And that's why you can build stuff like that straight out of it. Yeah, it was, it, and it was really cool. They'd recount how both men had won the top title. Miz was WWE champion. Uh, Daniel Bryan main evented WrestleMania, mm. and he won the WWE World Heavyweight Championship at that point. And I, I actually thought this one ended up being just better than the last one. It was really cool because they talked about how Bryan had to retire. It was the hardest thing he'd ever done. But he, he knew give... his style would catch up with him, but he yeah. couldn't go out there and oh, half. He couldn't lovely. go out there and half-ass it. it was, yeah, exactly. Because he always mocks um, mm. uh, Miz for being soft. Yeah. Calling him a coward in the ring, and, and Miz that's... says, "Yeah, the Miz says like I, I've been wrestling for this long, and I've never been injured yeah. because I go out there and I play it safe." Or, yeah, which well, is really, I'm really interesting. Yeah. and it was talking about how he became SmackDown GM and started abusing his power, which led to this Talking Smack promo. And if you've never seen this Talking Smack promo, like go out of your way to watch it because it's the best work Miz has ever done in this company. Mm. He was 100% unscripted, and he just went off on one, and it really felt like years of pent up frustration about people constantly telling him you do realize you're not as good as daniel bryan yes yeah. and just all these years of frustration and it just pours out of him and the way daniel bryan sort of like just doesn't say anything he gets up and he walks away <coughs> really really awesome and the, the real key to this video this, this second video for me was that because miz kept saying to him, was like why don't you quit if you want to mm. wrestle so bad why don't you quit and brian says in his talking headpiece i wanted to quit like, yeah. I wanted to walk away from the company, but I made a promise to Vince McMahon that I would see out my contract. And that added a real level of realism mm. that I think this feud has been missing. And this feud really could need it to feel real. Like, mm. cause that's the sort of line there where you're like, I don't know how much of that is true or how much of that is just, you know, 
kayfabing it and mm. that's that's really that's really awesome that's really awesome for a feud in 2018 i think that's really cool yeah it's nice to actually be like oh i don't i no longer see where the lines are yeah exactly yeah it's blurring those lines and then the last one was all about brian's return to the ring about him making the announcement for wrestlemania mm. i want and- to come back because i love wrestling yeah exactly couldn't and find a way to live without it all that kind of stuff yeah. all the heartwarming stuff it was but that was nice that like, it was like the, the i think the opening of that package where he comes back to the ring and he says i've been cleared i got me again I was oh like, it did oh. yeah yeah, really. Oh, 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 Daniel t- Bryan tugging at those heartstrings <laughs> once again, and um, he talks about how he brung, uh, brought Miz across to SmackDown. That was his last command yep. as GM before he stepped down. And then Miz cuts this awesome promo on the end of Daniel Bryan, and they're basically they're both looking into the camera and just shouting down about mm. what they're going to do to each other at SummerSlam. This was this was such a good go home angle mm. you know we'll go home fa- video packages to hype you up for that SummerSlam match this did so much more for my interest in this match than anything they've done previous to this yes yeah. you know in the last you know month or so I thought these were really really awesome but the question is at the top of the you know we'll get to it eventually is it the best feud in WWE <coughs> at the moment uh, main roster I think so yeah, I think it's well. It's been given the time is the other thing. I think like you know, this was there were three packages this week about this. How many of the previous packages also main evented SmackDowns like the mm-hmm. the uh, launch party thing did? I felt like that, and then there are other things all been also given like, like semi main or yeah, something and like then a lot of their other stuff has been given high billing, uh, either finishing sort of the first half or coming just before the main event. So like it, it feels like. This is really important. This 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 is more build than AJ and Samoa Joe. You have to think as well. well. Absolutely, like, it is. You know, um, they're obviously like, it, and that's the, the weird thing about this is, is like it it feels like this cannot just end at SummerSlam, as well. Like this is the other thing about it. it eight years has been building to this one match. Yeah, this is going to be like going on. I think at least till WrestleMania. Yeah, I, oh yeah. Could this could they carry this on? I mean, Daniel Bryan did say in that Gorilla Position interview, which is all a really good interview. Mm. Where he was like, I don't trust WWE to book that storyline for that long. Yes. But it is the sort of feud that because you have got those eight years to play with, mm. and it is a real, like, it's the, as soon as Brian was cleared, that was the match people were talking about. Yes, yeah. Can't wait for them to do uh, Miz versus Brian. That, you know, you could still extend this out, but knowing WWE, it'll be like, yeah. they'll do it again at Hell in a Cell, and then they'll do it again at the, whatever the pay-per-view yeah. is after that, which I think is Survivor Series. Well, it's not Survivor Series. There's one before Survivor Series, I think. Well, what's the stupid thing is, because what's so good about this feud is because it's gone on so long, evolution? and it hasn't always been, like, at the forefront of what both guys are doing. It can just go away and come back again. Yeah. And everyone will be like, oh, like, it... it and that's picking this up again. Yeah, it's not like separate feuds that everyone's having. This is one feud that just goes on forever, I think. They're like, yeah. they're like mortal enemies at this point, I Yeah, think. exactly, yeah. So, yeah, I, mean, I think it's... For me, personally, it's not the feud I'm most interested in going into SummerSlam. What is? I think I'm more into Seth and Dolph, only because through the Dean return, I'm really intrigued by that, and I really like Drew McIntyre's. And, um... I'm, I'm I'm very intrigued by the the Roman Brock match at mm. SummerSlam. Very very intrigued. The final angle didn't do a lot for me, but no. I thought all the stuff they did previous to that I thought was really really good. And I'm really into um, Alexa Bliss Ronda Rousey mm. and where that's going to go. So I don't know if I'd go as far as say it's the best in the last month. I don't think it's been the best booked feud in WWE, but I would say it's probably the best booked feud on SmackDown. Maybe I don't know. I quite like the the women's match, but maybe I think it's the best booked feud on SmackDown. Certainly better mm. than AJ Joe. Um, Which but it, let itself down immensely this week. It is, but at the same time, <laughs> when I, well, we'll come on to that. But um, at the same time of saying all that, 
these video packages did make me think like this is definitely the best feud that WWE have right now because there's so much like there's so much drama and stuff yeah. you can pull from. I just wish they'd extrapolated more from this week than they did just the other nonsense. And I, Ollie said this before on the show, and mm. I completely agree with him that Miz and Misses really has hurt this feud because it felt like all the promos they were doing were not hyping the SummerSlam match. They were hyping the TV show that was coming up from the USA Network. Yeah, absolutely. It was more playing into that than it was the match. And that's what I think is where this, this feud has it's been hurt a little bit by Miz and Misses. Yeah, they could, have, they could have hidden it a bit better. It could have been <laughs> yeah. so obvious, like, you know. Yeah. It's on after this. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. So SmackDown Live opened with the three women of their SummerSlam Triple Threats Women's Championship match coming down to the ring to stand in a row because that's how natural people stand yep. when they're talking to each other. And facing the hard cap. Facing that's the how hard I always stand. <laughs> exactly. And um yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, and in fairness, a lot of people say like, "Well, you guys sit next to each other in a row." That's because we've. I can touch the wall. 
Yeah, we you, don't have enough space. No, there's not enough space to, for me to do it. We've anything. also only got one camera. We've only got one, <laughs> it's a one camera setup. Um, it more or less could be filmed in a bedroom. Um, but Carmela's talking about how she feels like she's been um, picked on by Paige, more or less, because she's been put into an unfair situation here. She shouldn't have to face off against two challengers mm. for her her ch- championship. And uh, she's always thinks it's ridiculous that they're doing this face-to-face-to-face scenario in the first place. And she calls herself a great champion, which isn't true at all. Um, no. But then, like, I, then she kind of like switches around and starts to talk to Becky and say, like, you don't have a chance at winning in this match, yeah. Because like I've beaten Charlotte twice, I've beaten Asuka twice. Charlotte's she won Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. She's a multi-time champion. She's won all these belts. You have you have no chance, mate. You were the first SmackDown Women's Champion, but you only won that because Charlotte was on Raw. Lovely, that was a really really nice touch. Good. Yeah. And Becky talks about how like she goes, I'm going to be honest, I didn't want Charlotte in this match, but that's only because Charlotte is really really good, which I thought was a, a nice little wrinkle in there. It's mm-hmm. got it's almost like that backhanded compliments, really. Is that you know. Yeah, I mean, it's nice for you to be in this match, but I don't want you here. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be much better if it, if you weren't. Yeah, and she was like, I've been... With all your really good moves and stuff. Yeah, I've been thinking about like the one-on-one fight and things like that. But for me, it, Charlotte had the best line in this whole thing. Where yeah, she would, really She started cutting this promo on... And I, we, we knock Charlotte's promos a lot, quite rightly so. She's not a great promo, but she had a money line in this where she's talking about Carmen and she's like, you need to stop lying. You are not on the same level as everyone else in this division. Yeah. Which again shows that they don't really know what this Carmella character you had to, is. Because, yeah, you had to call out Ellsworth. Yeah, you can't hang with the rest of the roster. Yeah, but again, which sort of does make sense because Charlotte and Carmella has gone toe to toe with Charlotte on several occasions. So I think she is on the same level as you mm. two. I mean, she those two matches she did more or less win clean. <laughs> so I think she is on the same level. But we're kind of like forgetting that. And then she had this line, and I love this, where she called her a diva living in a woman's era. That is such a money line. And if yeah, that had been Carmella's character from the start, when she won the belt, she could have been a really, really great character and really built some awesome matches out of that. She would have just been the female miss. <laughs> yeah, well, she would have been the female miss. <laughs> yeah. But they didn't really know they don't they clearly don't really know what the Mella character is. Because oftentimes she is like she is a diva in a women's mm. era. But as I say, oftentimes she does go toe to toe with wrestlers. Yeah. And she's good. They don't really quite know what she is. But I thought that line really summed it up of what her character should be. And I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. And it was and then Charlotte uh, sorry, Carmella just goes with it. Yeah. She says, Well, yeah, like, look at my beauty, look at my body, look at my charisma. Yeah. And then what have you got? You don't stand a chance. And Becky and Charlotte sort of look at each other like yeah, it's really interesting. Sorry. You want it because like Scarlett Bordeaux's doing a, a similar sort of character on Impact at the moment, where she's mm. essentially saying, the smoke show. "Yeah, she's essentially saying that like women's wrestling is grand and all, but we really should go back to the era where like being sexy was what it was important to a character, to a female character." Which I think is a really interesting character, by the way. Uh, but uh, Paige comes out and she announces that we're going to have a tag team match, and thankfully she, you know, luckily, really, I should say, luckily. The two people she picked to have the wrestling match were the ones in their gear. Yeah, it's quite useful. And yeah. the one person doing the commentary was not in their gear. So it was very fortunate yeah. that, that Becky and Charlotte had come out in their gear for this segment. I feel it, but it fits though as well because the idea that Becky and Charlotte are looking for actual proving yes, to prove themselves yeah. and to and to wrestle and, and Carmella is coming out to do what she does best, as Paige says talk yes yap her gums which led into our first match of the evening which was becky and charlotte taking on absolution sonia deville and mandy rose worst bits of absolution (laughs) worst bits of absolution and uh, although i really like sonia deville i'm a big fan of hers she is actually really good 
And um, yeah, it's really funny. Cause, like, so Miller points out on commentaries, like, I didn't need uh, James Ellsworth in order to mm. beat Charlotte twice, which I thought was a nice little moment. But again, it proves that a character makes mm. zero sense. Um, really, well, good- she says she was embarrassed by him falling out of the shark cage <laughs> yeah, exactly. as well. <laughs> I was embarrassed by that. I didn't ask him to do that. Yeah, and she kept like really just burying Byron as well. Because every time Byron would say something, she was like, oh, "There's a buzzing in my headset. I can't oh quite- yeah, yeah like, I can't hear what someone's saying." She was, oh, "I'm done with you, Byron." <laughs> yeah, it was great. After a while, I was like, "No, I'm just done with you, Byron." <laughs> Um, Todd Phillips uh, brought up that Paige, Charlotte, and Becky were once a tri- they were once a tag team together. Mm. They were once a team, and I was like, I genuinely forgot about Team PCB. PCB. I genuinely forgot that. That's how they made their main roster debuts. Yes, yeah. Very weird. Uh, Becky made to come back. So this match was yeah, it wasn't really much of a match, but I thought the finish was awesome. I thought the finish was really clever and subtle because it built off the tag match that it did last week mm. with the Iconics, which was that Becky couldn't tap out um, Peyton Royce because Billy Kay interfered. And then Charlotte tagged herself in and she got the submission win. Mm. So this time, Becky was ready for it because she knocks down Mandy Rose. Sonya Deville comes in and she turns around and she knocks out Sonya Deville as well. Doesn't tag in Flair, locks in the disarmor and she gets the win. So it puts over that Becky knows she's learning of how to survive mm. in this triple threat scenario. She doesn't need Charlotte Flair to win. I thought this was a really nice, subtle... Because they never really, they weren't really playing this up on commentary, either. Yeah. I thought it was a really nice, subtle way to build the, the SummerSlam match. I would have loved to see them build the hot tag a bit more there, though. Like, the, the, like it should have been teased a bit more, and then it should have been a, like a bigger decision for Becky. Because they, yeah. they, you know, because like while this was subtle we did then go later on to mm-hmm. see them talking about it it would have been nice to like really tease the hot tag and like she's not making it and she's really struggling and then she just has this hella comeback and suddenly yeah, yeah. she's she's all over it and then she lands the yeah that's very true yeah she becomes all becky balboa and straight fire and all that sort of stuff yeah absolutely uh, Miz and Maurice announced that Miz and Mrs. is being renewed for a second season, so we'll get to hear about that, because not only we're mm. going to hear about it for the next few weeks while it's still on, we'll then have to hear about the production of the new season, yep. and then when the new season airs, so I, I will say it now, I'm sick of hearing about that show. Yeah, yeah. even if it is awesome, <laughs> and they do their little... I- the horrible little kiss they do as well. Oh, I am I'm sick of hearing about Miz and Mrs. I can go a few weeks without hearing yeah. about it to be honest. Well, it's because also like yeah, the stuff they plug as well. What was the thing he was saying about like uh, CPR and he said Daniel Bryan will need CPR to revive his. So you, you can watch you can watch Miz and Mrs. tonight where I'm learning CPR. It's like who cares? <laughs> Why? Yeah, that was the other thing Miz said this in the video. It's like I'm a reality TV star. That's what Daniel Bryan wants. I was like. Mate, he's also a reality yeah. TV star. He's got two shows. Yeah, and he really doesn't seem bothered. <laughs> he's really not asked about yeah. it. Uh, so, yeah, uh, backstage, Charlotte and Becky were sort of, like, celebrating their win with some water. And um, Becky said that she did it all by herself. Uh, you know, she didn't really... Charlotte said, you know, you didn't really need to do that all by yourself. And Becky was like, well, I didn't really realise. And, you know, I just sort of did it. Yeah. So that was a really, really good a line. Tea. Little tea thing. And they say that... Uh, the be- on Sunday the best woman will win and Becky said that she will mm. so very interesting whether they are going to do a heel turn but it's like it's weird as well because it feels like there's three matches at the moment going into SummerSlam that have got these heel turn talks because yeah. you've got this match here is it going to be Charlotte is it going to be Becky you've got Dean Ambrose now in the, sum- mm. in the Seth Rollins match is he going to turn heel there and you've got the Paul Heyman talk within the Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns match is, yes, is he yeah. going to turn and side with 
uh, and you can't really do Turner Mania. Like you really, no. should, really should only pick one of those and do that. Turner Slam. Turner Slam, exactly. So the, so I think with that, with the three possibilities of teasers or te- teasers being turned, which one they'll go with, if any, really, they might not go with any of them. Yeah, I don't feel like Becky necessarily needs it. Like you can have a like because. It's, it works as a story both ways. Like yes. she either overcomes the fact that her best mates in this match and wins anyway, loses and then just builds to a match between the two of them down the line. And you know you don't have to have a heel in that. You do not. Charlotte could be the heel in this regard as well. Um, yes, I just I don't think it necessarily like Becky has proved herself more than capable of dealing with two other people now. Yes. So maybe she just will without having to cheat or turn yeah, heel on Charlotte yeah. like, and you know like how how often do WWE like tease women's heel turns like <laughs> yeah. how long was Sasha and Bailey going oh before? don't even get but me now they're just, yeah, they're just best, best friends. friends now aren't they yeah. they've got matching jackets I do Yay. do like those matching jackets though uh, the Bludgeon Sweet Brothers jackets, <laughs> the Bludgeon Brothers took on the triple threats Dun, dun, dun. The they, most wrestling of wrestling names. <laughs> they were. So they were three uh, enhancement talents from uh, the local area. From uh, I can't remember where they were. They now. were just three dudes. Three right? dudes. Just One of them dudes. had the Motorhead logo on his uh, singlet, though, which I thought was funny. Ooh. And um, the Bludgeon Brothers essentially just beat them down. Actually, the match didn't even start. It was. I thought I, that was so weird. I thought it was really weird as well because yeah. it was announced as a match. Yeah. But then Bludgeon Brothers just stopped beating them up. And then yeah, well, they're so, like. It was yeah. I don't. It was it was because you see them come out and they're like, they call themselves the Triple Threat, and I was like, I smell a squash. And then (laughs) and then the bludgeons come out and you're like, okay. And then they just like there was some really cool beatdowns. So awesome. So there was like uh, Harper and Rowan. uh, Rowan power slams one of them. Mm -hmm. No, sorry, Harper power slams one of them. Rowan then power slams one of them, and then they power slam. One of the Bludgeon Brothers onto the top of the two of them. It was such an awesome beatdown. The I love the. They had one guy laid on the apron, and they got the other oh, guy yeah. up, and then just flung his head into his tor- the other guy's torso. I was yeah. like, "What is that?" It's so that it was, was awesome. It's some really innovative stuff uh, in here. I I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it. But it, it, there is that weird moment of like, why didn't you just have them win? Why did but like they didn't need because it didn't even need to be an actual pin. Like, how hard is it? Well, how long is a pin? <laughs> you three seconds. Three seconds. So why didn't they just when they done their their big move in the middle? Just put a foot on the guy. Yeah. Or and then just, yeah. one, two, three, and you can pl- you can play the music. Exactly, like, yeah. Or stack all three of them up yeah. and put your foot onto all three yeah, of them. Yeah, because there's literally, there is literally no point yeah. in just going, well, that's a no contest. Yeah, like, exactly, yeah. Because in reality, Triple Threat have got, uh, they've got a record now yeah. in WWE. Yeah. It took longer to explain the fact that it wasn't a match than it would have to just to finish the match yeah. and then play the music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, it was a fun beatdown regardless. It was very fun. Uh, we got that first Miz and Daniel Bryan video and then we got the second half of that SummerSlam, SummerSlam? SummerSlam match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships Summerslam. where the New Day with birthday boy Kofi Kingston were taking yeah, on... A little sign. Yeah, we're taking on Sanity and Killian Dane's new ring gear. Yeah, that's what I... I'm just... <laughs> All I've written, Killian Dane has a nice singlet. It covers up that hair. Yeah, I've written, Killian Dane has new gear. It's rubbish. It is rubbish. It's it doesn't it doesn't really work for him. It, it makes, makes him look like a big baby. It makes him look like a wrestler. And I thought mm. the whole point of Sanity is that he didn't really look like wrestlers. They just looked like these chaotic madmen. Well, he was 
I think the idea was he was told to wear that because, because he's, he's so, so hairy he's so and gross. damn hairy. Yeah, it's definitely a Vince thing of just like, you look disgusting and gross. Yeah. As, I mean, I feel but like... They could have just built it out of his gear already. He could have just carried on wearing the belt thing and yeah. then just built out the top half. Exactly, like, I yeah. I don't know why it had to be a complete change, wear a singlet. Yeah. It's uh, the same reason why um, uh, Baron Corbin wrestles in a shirt now. Yeah. I think Vince just said, like, I don't like looking at your body. Yeah. Now, please wear a shirt. Because when he came up to yeah. the main roster, he was wearing like the he was wearing a vest because clearly he'd been told your body is not good enough to like, to be on camera. Wear a vest. Yeah. And um, there's quite a few. Like, in, Dean Ambrose when he first um, debuted and he was wrestling in the Shield, mm. they um, there was always these stories. Apparently, they used to try and like rip off his jacket to expose his body because Vince thought his body was rubbish. And it was almost like a little bit of a hazing thing for him. Oh, really? Yeah, that was always the reports that came out well, about not it. Well, not anymore, Vince. Absolutely not anymore, because he has had some cod liver oil. Uh, crowd loving, lovingly start chanting happy birthday oh, I liked to that. Kobe, that was which really was really nice. sweet. Um, yeah, this match was uh, SummerSlam promos and ad breaks. But yeah, terrible. by the time that stuff was done, it actually turned into a really decent little match. There was um, Woods made a Killian Dane was sort of running wild, and then Woods made this awesome comeback, mm. and he he hit a really cool move, and then Eric Young broke that up with an elbow drop. Yeah, there was a, there was a, there was always like I think they always do a lot of really cool stuff the new day whenever they're in the ring. There was a good bit where Kofi uh, leapfrogged Big E into a splash that looked brutal yeah. because he didn't quite go far enough so he just landed full on Eric oh, Young who yeah. just like <laughs> Eric Young was like Loki in the first <laughs> Avengers film just <laughs> um which was that was that was really good and then yeah there was the huge SummerSlam advert funnily enough all the SummerSlam adverts were promoting raw matches well the two big batches on the show are uh, Rousey Bliss yeah. and, and Lesnar um Roman but I don't think are. they would yeah, but they obviously wouldn't that wouldn't happen to promote them if it was, if they were, if they were SmackDown matches, they yeah. wouldn't go. Oh, let's cut out of this match to promote a match that we're already having. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Like SmackDown and Raw are supposed to be competing brands. Yeah, they're really... not supposed to be promoting each other. But you know, it's the best of both yeah, brands it's really now. Dumb. My favorite spot this match actually though was um, you had a Woods uh, uh, Wolf was on the floor after they did this elbow drop spot, so he'd you know take the move, and then Eric Young gets up Xavier Woods to do a Death Valley driver. And Killian Dane, uh, not Killian Dane, Alexander Wolf puts his knees up. So they did this Death Valley yeah, driver into the yeah, knees. Absolutely. It was such a cool spot. That was yeah. wicked. There was also a crazy blockbuster thing that Wolf did where yeah. Dane had Kofi. Uh, this was in the beatdown, I think, in the break. Dane had Kofi, like, in sort of, I guess, a Uranagi sort of position. And then Wolf flips off the top. And yeah. Then, I've written here also that Kofi was just getting the birthday bumps <laughs> while he was waiting for the hot tag. Yeah. It's very nice. But uh, New Day hit the, uh, impressively hit the up, up, down, down on yep. Killian Dane. So Biggie hoisted him up on his shoulders. Nice of them to use Dane because that puts over the, the idea that they're facing these bigger guys at SummerSlam, mm. which I thought was a nice little, nice, nice touch. Well, they got a big pop for that as well. As yeah. soon as Biggie lifted him, there was, a, there was a moment where everyone stopped for a bit and was like, whoa! <laughs> oh, that's great. <crazy. laughs> like, even Xavier Woods on, on the turnbuckle was like, Fair, cool, <laughs> yeah, sweet, nice work. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was a, a nice little touch. Um, it sucks the Sanity lose again, but at the same time, New Day are the ones that are going for the belt at the moment. Yeah, maybe after SummerSlam, Nikki Cross gets called up, and that's the injection that Sanity needs in I order just, to get just, somewhere. Yeah, but, but whether they are going to call Nikki Cross up, like that's the question: is are they going to bother calling Nikki up? I think they will because. NXT is about to get a big injection of women's oh, talent just? from the May Young Classic. So yeah. 
Because, you, you... yeah, I mean, Nikki was only kept there because they lost a massive amount of women, uh, female talent they had in NXT, like Iconics and um, Riot Squad and all these other people because they had to do the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. So Nikki Cross had to stay there because they were like, well, now we've got no other women. So they yes. had to, there was actually to rebuild that division up from scratch. But as you say, they've now got a big influx coming in from the Mae Young Classic that should help them. And Nikki Cross has been working SmackDown live events. Yes. So. I mean, she was on Raw. She was on Raw a couple of weeks ago when they announced um, the Evolution, Evolution thing. Yeah, yeah. And you could tell she was there because she was at the front because she's like three foot ten. They're like, yeah. put the small ones at the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Because they won't be able to see otherwise. And she's just going, ha-ha. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brilliant. It's like into a kind of, ha-ha. Brilliant. Um, so, yeah, so I think she, I, I assume she'll get called up soon. But whether they do it after SummerSlam, they yeah. usually do NXT call-ups after SummerSlam. So we'll see there. Um, backstage, Paige walks up to Samoa Joe's locker room and she knocks on the door. She, uh, it was announced only in the night that AJ is going to be doing a promo uh, later on, mm. uh, addressing the SummerSlam match. And she was there to essentially say, "Don't go out because I need to protect my SummerSlam main yeah. event." And uh, and uh, and, he, and he, I like the fact that she, she said she asked him to go out and speak. <laughs> he refused. <laughs> she was. I asked you to go out and speak, and you refused. And Joe just goes, "I'm shy." Yeah, it's very. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I don't want to do a promo. I'm shy. It's very good. <laughs> I really like that. But uh, he said that um, she asked him not to go out for AJ's promo, and he says that he'd do what he damn well pleases. Yeah, he said, yeah. "You like me because of my killer instinct, because I'm unpredictable." Yeah. Which makes him quite predictable because then you know he's going to go out during AJ's promo. Yeah, well, to be honest, what he oh, did in that what he did in that promo, I would not have predicted. No. In all fairness to him, <laughs> I did not see yeah. this coming. No. <laughs> so true. Maybe we'll he was that. right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't wait to see what destructive thing he yeah. does. But because well, um, also, because also, he's like, yeah, I'll do whatever I please, and everyone else will have to deal with the consequences. <laughs> Think about the consequences when we talk about it later <laughs> on. Of. What 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 could possibly yeah. be the consequences of what he actually did? I mean, this is a lot of setup. I hope there's some payoff later yeah. on. <laughs> we'll get to it. Uh, Aiden English sang a song, an apology song, about um, hurting Lana and Rusev uh, for the last couple of weeks, where mm. he's cost Lana her match with um, Selena Vega, and he's kind of like he didn't help uh, Rusev when he was fighting Almas and things like that. So he sung this song, and he wanted to challenge Almas to a match to kind of like fight for the honor of Rusev Day, which didn't really go well for him because Andrade won. Yeah, I mean, like very easily. Yeah, very easily. This started in the ad break, and then Andrade won. Those are basically my yeah. two notes I have on this. There was a good. There was a cool bit where Andrade flung Aiden into the turnbuckles upside down. That looked cool, yeah. and that was. A, and then he hit all of his good moves. Yeah, and you're like. Cool. His back elbow is very cool. I love the back elbow. Oh, it's, so w- it's wicked. The back elbow into the knees, into the hammerlock, and then one, yeah. two, three, it was done. So The awesome. only thing I liked about this, I liked the song. It was all right. Like, yeah. I like the fact that Agent English also really sold looking a bit heartbroken and disheveled and like he was troubled by this whole thing and actually trying to make it up to them. Like He did, he did that really well. However, the implosion of Rusev Day and hopefully the eventual feud between Aiden English and Rusev I'm not bothered about you know no like... no I, I would certainly agree with that but I'd, I mean I said this in the Smackdown review but it's um, it's had more build than AJ Joe like this has actually had a storyline mm. so oh, I mean maybe we're getting a storyline now with AJ and Joe but we'll, we'll get to that uh, we've got the second part of um, uh, the final part rather of uh, Brian's return oh, sorry with, uh, at the end of that match though uh, oh yeah, they cut promos. Yes, they cut promos. Yeah, and they Lana sort of had an accent, and then sort of didn't. Yeah, I've written that. She she <laughs> said she, yeah, she said uh, like Lana Day or whatever in 
the sort of Ru- she, the yeah, she was like, well, we will crush you. And she we was like, will crush, crush you at SummerSlam. And it will be Lunar Day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just forgot halfway through. Yeah. Bless her heart. I don't think she knows because she has not really been doing the accents. But they, she still has a T-shirt with the Russian logo, uh, the Russian flag on it. So this yes, is Russian yeah, logo. Yeah. And she's the, the the Russian logo. Yeah, that's what flags are, really. It's just yeah. logos for countries. <laughs> uh, and then just we get a little Adidas jacket with the stripes. <laughs> And then we got our final match of the evening, which was Jeff Hardy versus Shelton Benjamin, of all people, who didn't get an entrance because this match once again started in the ad break. And then as soon as it got back from the ad break, they were like, SummerSlam promo. Mm. But like the six man, this did get good by the end. Um, and Hardy won with a twist of fate. It was funny because he hit the twist of fate and then did this big old dive into the pin that almost looked like he'd done a splash. And they said, oh, and then a splash. And it was like... <laughs> Oh, okay. I think he was just diving for the I pin. Just, I don't get what Jeff Hardy's up to at the moment. Like, I don't, I don't like the whole spooky thing with the face paint. Like, so the promo at the beginning was so like before we came out for the match and before we got there because then we we actually the ad, ad break replayed the Popeyes food fight with yeah. the who threw the pie at Kevin Owens? Who did? We still don't know. Um, but <laughs> Jeff Hardy like did the eye thing where it's like you're looking into eyes, but they're really badly painted on mm. first of all, and then he opens his eyes up. And then he just went, yeah. and it, it reminded me, have you seen 30 Days of Night? Yes, many years ago. I, only, so I, the, I tell you what, I've only seen it at the pictures. I haven't seen it since. Yeah, it's a terrible vampire film. That's <laughs> uh, unfair. I thought it was all right. It was a terrible vampire film. So there's a whole bit, and there's, there's one scene in it where they're in this house, and the, the vampires are hunting them by smell. And this vampire just is walking through this house just going, <laughs> and it's the least threatening thing I've ever seen yeah, yeah. until Jeff Hardy reminded me of it this week. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but uh, So Jeff went with the, uh, the twist of fate, and then Nakamura came out because they've got a match at SummerSlam. Uh, and Benjamin sort of caused a distraction, which allowed Nakamura to get an early attack in. But as he set up for the Kinshasa, he ran into a twist of fate and a swanton. But who was watching from the back? Creepily behind a curtain mm. was Randall K. Orton, and he was it, hiding from the police. And it really did. Well, I mean, I, I, alleged stories. Allegedly yeah, we coming got, after him for a decent exposure. Yeah, we got the, uh, the story of this on Monday if you want to go check that out. Um, so I think Randy being here and them still setting up this Jeff Hardy match tells you everything you need to know about how seriously WWE are treating those allegations. Oh, yeah. They do not, not care. care. Because he was just on TV this week and everything is just like, they're just going to sweep that under the rug. Well, unfortunately, yeah, it's one of those things where. You know, no one has made a complaint. Yeah, no one's made a complaint. I guess he exposed himself, potentially exposed him, or allegedly, allegedly exposed himself to somebody. However, it's not assault yeah. in that regard. So well, it's probably, and also like, if no one's made an actual formal complaint, you can just go. Oh, yeah. So it should tell you everything you need to know about WWE looking into this. That mm. Randy was here doing his best impression of John Lovitz from The Wedding Singer, where he's like, he is losing his mind, and I am reaping the benefits. But the main event of this show was what we've been teasing all this show, really. It was AJ Styles coming out to cut a promo, and as soon as they, I mean, they announced this earlier in the night. But I've I've been very down on the build for AJ Joe. Since yeah. like because the start of the, Joe laid him out with the clutch and then he signed the contract. That's I'm great. like, that's badass. That's really cool. And then Joe followed that up by cutting a promo, and then AJ followed that up by cutting a promo, yeah. and then they were going to end this with AJ cutting a promo. And yeah. I was like, gee, oh come on, lads. But that's this the thing, is so not like, yeah. difficult to get wrong. Well, that's the thing is that like, the the intro to it brilliant. However, I think you said as well that like, the it should have been Joe wasn't scheduled for the match. No, it would have been better if he just come out and just 
took it signed the contract yeah and he, that's why he's unpredictable like, here you go yeah. got a contract now and then I thought his promo was amazing like mm-hmm. oh it was a great promo, promo. he cut on AJ was so great. good however it would have been good to see AJ come out with a bit more fire to that yes because yeah like AJ came out again this week and was saying you know that got me really worked up and I went to a really dark place and then my wife Wendy yeah, said make sure you drop the name yeah make name sure day. you shot, drop the name Wendy <laughs> Wendy said, uh, "You need to calm down. You need to keep your head. Um, you need to keep your head cool." Yeah, exactly. which I thought was really weird because he says that he goes since Joe's attack and Joe's promo. And he obviously show clips of it to make sure it's all staged. He said that I've been losing my cool, and I thought, "Have you?" Yeah, because I've not seen that. He's not been losing his cool, and he's also while he's giving out this speech and getting a bit worked up. Pausing for video packages. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. He's like, I need to show you on the video package in case you've missed the last two weeks. Here's yeah. what's happened, which I, I, I've never liked anyway. I genuinely thought he was going to throw to a video package of him cutting a promo. Well, they should have just done the video package at the beginning. Yes. Like, here, let's recap this really Absolutely. quickly. And then AJ can come down and just say his piece. And Absolutely. That's fine. Exactly. Could not agree with you more. Um, but anyway, so he's cutting this promo. It's not particularly great. It's not great content. It's not AJ's fault. It's not great content. It's like the promo last week. Yeah. AJ's a, you know, he's a good promo. He's just not been given good content. And Joe comes out. Now, Joe is an awesome promo. I was like, yeah. oh, this would be cool. We can have a war of words instead. And then we can build, you know, build up to a big old like showdown and a confrontation. But oh, no. Joe has a letter. Joe has a letter which he is going to read. And it's a letter from a fan. And the way he reads it, it's very funny the way he's reading it. But he said, uh, the letter from the fan who said that the things that Joe said in his promo two weeks ago are true. As that... AJ wants to remain WWE champion so he doesn't have to go home to his wife and yeah. kids. He never he, wanted children never wanted or, a wife. or a wife. But the, the person, the alleged person who wrote this letter, is the biggest AJ Styles fan in the world. So they're saying all of these things like, yeah, you're right. Mm. I want you to win the WWE championship. And it ends with, from, your, you know, from AJ's biggest fan, Wendy Styles. Dun, dun, dun. And the crowd are all like, oh, his wife wrote the letter. And I went, oh, I'm getting Claire Lynch vibes from all of this. Oh, no, I don't want this to turn into Claire Lynch. And then it just stopped. Ended it. it that just, was the end. I was, and I was like, that was your SummerSlam go-home angle. Yeah. That is, that's, that is supposed to make you go like... Man, I cannot wait to see them fight at SummerSlam. Yeah. Like, this was rubbish. This was... I mean, that's my last note, is it? Well, that was effing rubbish. <laughs> it was absolutely <laughs> awful. I can't wait to see the strongly worded reply. <laughs> I don't... Yeah, I don't... Well, I mean, yeah, what's, I don't what, what's Joe's plan? AJ's going to go home. Like, Do you write a letter? No. Cool. Right, well, move on with the rest of my day then. Mm. Because clearly Wendy didn't write that letter. It's Joe playing mind games. But those mind games don't work. No. Unless unless Wendy Styles is being introduced as a character, in which case we are stepping into Claire Lynch territory. <laughs> and that that's a bad sign. AJ has a track record with these sorts of things. <laughs> I just... I don't know. I'm just... Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? Yeah. The ma- I think the match actually has the potential to still be, irregardless of this... <laughs> brilliant yeah it's a six hour show if this match is given time it will be very very good yeah however if this is just a filler this was obviously someone just going well we just need something for aj to do we need something for joe to do yeah there you go there's a feud and can you imagine that that's the way you looked at aj versus samoa joe you were like well we need that we need the guys to do something we did it completely in the wrong order (laughs) like you started with the coolest thing then you had the second week where it was still pretty hot but like you could have started with Joe cutting a promo then built to the bit where he yeah 
gets himself signing a contract or whatever like you know it's just outstanding that this company has got AJ Styles versus Samojo for the WWE Championship at SummerSlam arguably the second biggest yeah. show of the year if you don't look at the Royal Rumble and it's this is the program it's a soap opera storyline yeah how do you do this yeah. it's look what Joe did with Brock yeah right exactly Joe got a Brock Lesnar match the hottest thing in the company that was gonna happen and that was supposed to be a filler feud yeah. but Joe got so over during that because he's so good that yeah. he ended up getting put into the SummerSlam four-way last year unreal but you know I mean I sound like I'm being down I did actually in total really enjoy this show and I gave it a, a core rating. Ollie Davis um, told me he would have given it a low smack bang in the middle, which is a two out of a two point five out of five. I think that for me that was probably yeah yeah uh, that was about right. Maybe even slightly lower. I just thought I th- I thought there was I find it weird that SmackDown now has about four matches on it, which is about as much as you get on NXT, and that is one hour shorter. Yep. So and like you could you could just do matches that ran longer and told more of the story through people doing the things that they do, which is wrestling, rather than having people have to explain every single thing that's going on. Useless letters. <laughs> Jeff Hardy go for no reason yeah. and then playing a load of clips promoting matches from Raw. I I, I do I said this in the review, but I thought my my score was generous. Like I last week I gave it 3.5 out of 5, which I was which I thought was a decent score. Mm. I probably should have given this the same, really. But I did very much enjoy the the ending of the Becky Lynch match. I loved all the Daniel Bryan mm. Miz matches because they that actively got me excited for a match. That's they were good. good. Yeah, they and were the, good. and the finish of the Becky match got me intrigued and excited for their match, despite the fact that Carmella's in it. And I think it's going to be a bit pants. Mm. And I thought that the tag team stuff was pretty good as well. Like despite the fact that the matches were hampered by the mm. ad breaks and by the bloody SummerSlam promos, they did really pick up after that. Yeah. And I did enjoy them, you know, those the the 3 or 4 minutes they actually did get to wrestle, I thought were good. Once again though, when the wrestlers wrestle, the it, wrestling show is good. Yeah, it really but the bits is. the bits it's the production of it is just Oh, so you'd have gone makes me cross. So you'd have gone with a two out of five. And I think I would have gone. I think I would have gone with an Ellsworthy. An Ellsworthy. Just yeah. I just cannot bear watching promo after promo that are just weird. <laughs> don't go anywhere. Yeah. The Miz and Daniel Bryan stuff was great, but it was also so much of the show and could have been any of the other weeks. Yeah. We could have just seen yeah, it before. Absolutely. I just thought it hung it hung together so weirdly this show. Yeah. But all the wrestling was pretty top quality actually i said i said this i think on last week's show um and the weeks previous to that because the week previous to that was promo heavy like there was only three matches in the two hours and all of those had like the ad break nonsense as well it was so promo heavy and in ring heavy Mm. and then should name it talking smack hey and then last week was a slightly better balance of it and then this week and you had all the daniel bryan miz stuff which took up a pretty a third of the show Mm. was these video packages you could have just spread all of that out if you'd have laid out this is our four-week plan and then just spread out the bits that you were doing with wrestling matches, longer wrestling matches, mm. without the ad breaks and stuff, it would have been a much, much stronger build towards SummerSlam. Because all the individual components are very good, mm. but they were all coming very odd, with the exception of the letter, and they've all come in very odd points, and the baby throwing. There's a lot of stuff, actually, I didn't like. But, they, they, <laughs> funnily <laughs> enough, funnily enough, I think there was a lot, if you'd have peppered stuff throughout, it might have been better. It's, I think it's just because they're looking... They're, just desperately looking for different ways of doing stuff that isn't just the classic wrestling stuff and it's yeah. all got to be like let's have a launch party let's he's on set here let's do this but they don't do it outside of their own little world of just like well we just have to do it in the arena <laughs> yeah. or you know it's just like 
go somewhere else and film something. Throw some money at something else. Like, yeah. how much money must you make from just the people present at an episode of SmackDown? Yes. Now, I think a lot of the PodSwafters might know, and I think a lot of the Swaff Nationals know as well, you and I play D&D together. We, are, we play Dungeons and Dragons together. We do indeed. It's our dirty secret. It's our dirty secret. And this week, you stepped out of the realm of player mm-hmm. to be our dungeon master. Parked Arter. Exactly. See you later, mate. Don't know where you are. <laughs> no idea. I'm a bit concerned about him, I'll be honest. I'm sure we'll find out when we play again and our regular dungeon master, George, takes back over and tells me where my character has gone. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I can only assume... Where we have been sent to one dimension, he's just been sent to another plane of existence. I believe so. Yeah, yeah that would be my as thinking. As far as I know. So how did you find like jumping into the DM role? I mean, I know it's not your first rodeo. Yeah, no, I, I was... Well, so I was more nervous about doing this than I was... Uh, so I previously DM'd or GM'd a few games with um, one of the other companies I work for, Explosive Alum. Uh However, none of them have played Dungeons and Dragons. One of them played it when they were a kid, but has forgotten the rules and hasn't ever played 5e. Uh, so I was sort of like, I am God. What I tell you goes. Because they were just like, what do I do? And I was like, roll me a dice. And they, <laughs> and they, if that happens, they just do it. Um, so in this scenario, I was a bit more, because we've obviously developed slight house rules about things and we do things our particular way. And also you kind of, you, you guys all know the gist of it. So I was a bit nervous to be like, what if this isn't what you're expecting it to be mm. when I'm doing it rather than when George is doing it? But it was fine. I, I, was, I was also nervous that the idea of having not written enough. Cause, so to give you a, a brief description of what's previously happened, uh, we had a fight on a mountaintop with uh, a woman who was a fallen cleric who was trying to resurrect her dead husband uh, but accidentally managed to summon some other thing from the other side. And we had a brilliant plan of how to... <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. We had, we had this brilliant plan of how to... Because we thought getting into a fight with her is going to be very difficult. <laughs> so one of our, our Dragonborn uh, has the ability to be able to disguise himself as anyone. As long as he can see that person, he can make himself look like them. Yeah. So he cast this spell... Of... We had a picture of him. Yeah, of exactly. The guy, of the dead husband. So we had, he cast himself to look like her dead husband with the idea that he would then approach her and talk her out of what she was doing but he didn't do a particularly good job of it and then failed his um uh which role did he fail uh be persuasion he's failed persuasion uh the problem is the problem, well, the the problem ki- is petty cash who is our dragonborn uh sorcerer but also a thief doesn't listen to you when you tell him what to do so he quite often forget and i'm talking about the real person playing the game not the character the real person every time you go through a plan forgets it immediately and goes what we did um so he walked up and went i'm here or something to that effect she then rolled persuasion rolled terribly she looked at him for a second like "Mm," and then looked down at the bundle that we'd all forgot to look at which was the body of her husband that she had brought from where she was keeping it, I assume his grave, and went, no, no you're, you're not. not. <laughs> and and then, then a big war broke out. And then a huge fight broke out. So that all that happened. This was the end of our first campaign. Um, as we were leaving what was a, uh, a temple to sorcery, I guess, at the time? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. yeah so as we were leaving the temple... Uh, we passed through it, it was sort of disintegrating around us as it was a completely magical realm and it became this black void and that is where I started the campaign 
that we started doing. So I started them off in this void, and the idea is that they've crossed into the Feywild, and they don't know how to get back at the moment. Exactly. Um, but we so have an idea, because I've spoken to someone, and they've kind of given me a hint of what I need in order to be able to get back. You've also back. had a dream. And I so, had a yeah. very scary dream. Yeah, so... Uh, there's yeah. So the idea is they've crossed into the Feywild and they have to work out how to get back, and that is basically what's happening so far. Mm -hmm. uh, however, so I spent all this time writing, and the idea was that I, I've written this opening scenario because we've now have to introduce the the previous uh, DM George as a character. He's now playing a, a necromancer called uh, 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 Mortimer Mortimer Wilhelm von Hoffman. Yep. Um, doesn't like being called Mort, I've discovered that. He doesn't like being called Mort. Uh, he's also a bit kooky and a bit crazy. He's been living in the Feywild for far too long um, and is trying to, to some degree, work out how to resurrect his son. Uh, that's kind of his jam. Um, that was kind of... The, all that intro stuff I thought we'd get through really quickly. So like, I had this whole thing where they go into the Feywild, they see all this stuff, and then they hear this cry and they find Mortimer drowning in a lake. And the bundle that is his son wrapped up is floating off ahead mm -hmm. of him. So you would all dive in, and then you have this fight against this huge uh, water hag. Uh, but it's a it's a homebrew water hag, so it's not actually as weak as a regular one would be. Um, that's wearing a wedding dress, and she bursts out of the water and fights the party and tries to steal the baby. And if if but fortunately you manage to stop that happening, and you get it. And so I thought that well that would happen quite quickly. I thought we'd race through all of that, and we would get to the town, which is Harvest Glamour. Uh, which you know the name of, so I can say that here. You can I've do. already given away some stuff that I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> uh, bad, bad DM. Uh, so, yeah, I thought all that would happen. And then my idea for Harvest Glamour was that the path forward from there, as it's trying to find out what's going on, is going to be a mystery. So I've been writing all these different little setups to be like you could go this way or you could do this or you could speak to that man and he'll tell you where to go or you could find this thing and that will do that but then if you find this thing there's all these other things that come off in various different spirals and i've been writing frantically for like two weeks being like what if we get to all of this and what if they don't do any of it and they go to the next thing and i've got to write that wrote all of it and the guys just spent about <laughs> half an hour in the void going i talk what happens yeah, well, I touch the floor. In, in, our defense, in our defense, I walk 15 feet away and just feel around and see if anything's there. In our defense, <laughs> we landed in this area and instantly we all kind of locked eyes on each other and we all thought, this is a puzzle. Mm. So we all started to try and work out what the puzzle was. Turns out the answer was walk in front of you for a little while. I think it was like you have to walk for about an hour and you, you start to find Yeah, lights. the idea was that it was just sort of a transitional. Yes, yeah, which makes complete sense. <laughs> But uh, I don't know why every single one of us thought this is a trap. Like it's not a trap. No, it's, it's a puzzle that we have to solve in order to be able to escape <laughs> this area. Um, and then when we got, when we sort of encountered George's character, two of our party became very, very obsessed with Ranulph, with his child, Ranulph, yeah. and would not let it go. And <laughs> they ended up getting into a massive, like. F magic battle they almost like, killed him outside of the combat and the combat took longer than planned as well because we we rolled very poorly she was meant to be the, that hag was meant to be hard as well I, I get that it was to meant be, to be I hard, wanted it to be difficult but it did but... go like multiple rounds yes yeah probably longer than it needed to in well the sense I think it was fun because in the sense that like I think the it went longer because of the rolls however 
it was quite good because there was a lot of toing and froing and like every time you every time she almost got away you stopped her every time you almost got away she stopped you yeah. it kind of i think it, it actually it was, worked it, out quite nicely it was a nice little battle actually it was just it was frustrating i think for poor old dan who's our half orc who didn't nail a single successful he hit, role he didn't hit well he killed her in the end he got the <laughs> he got the final blow with his axe <laughs> he did that was like about the only damage he done that was yeah but he got the final blow um, <laughs> yeah and then the party so the idea is that uh, Ranolf, the the baby, is uh, actually it's just a corpse, um, and it's been badly stitched together as as Mortimer has tried over the years to resurrect in various different ways. Um, but when first encountered, Mortimer doesn't share that information and just says, "Help my son! She's stealing my son!" And yes, the, the child is all swaddled up and wrapped in a papoose, and you can't really see. Um, However, everyone was trying to play with the baby. Well, so you say everyone. Well, Torin. Torin, <laughs> uh, Paladin, was trying to play with it. And uh, Dragonborn was just... He instantly was like, don't trust him. He's weird. That baby's not his. And just wanted to steal the baby. Yep. And so there was a whole bit where they... Just got into a massive there was a whole bit where they, There was a whole bit where they nicked the baby off him, turned it invisible for a bit, <laughs> uh, and then Mortimer had to wrest it back off them stored it in his magical bag uh, yeah. that is one of the, the handy haversacks for people who play D&D um, but up for everyone else it's a dimensional portal bag that can hold much more stuff than you would imagine and doesn't actually get any bigger um, so he shoved it in there and uh, then went back into his hut and barricaded himself in at which point Petty Cash's solution to the entire problem of how do we get out of the Feywild how do we deal with this man was let's just burn the house down with pro- both of them in it I had to proper stop him at that yeah. point I was like because at that point I'd gone to the toilet uh, and they were discussing the plan and I came back and everyone was just like Petty has come up with an awful plan an awful <laughs> awful plan terrible idea to burn this house down and I thought because they were like We've got to kill this man. And uh, Torin, because he's a paladin, he's, uh, he's chaotic neutral, I believe. He is chaotic yeah, neutral. neutral. But his whole, th- obviously, being a paladin, his whole thing is to quash evil. Uh, I didn't quite consider the fact that he would cast Detect Good and Evil. Um, yeah. That and is, he was like, yeah. I cast Detect Good and Evil. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there any evil? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Loads, oh, yeah. 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 Flipping loads. Because I wouldn't say, well, I don't want to spoil it. But yeah, yeah. it's it's more complex than it initially seems. It's not so cut and dry. It's much more shades of grey. Exactly. And I had to try to explain to Torin, ideally, if you could not kill George's <laughs> character, that would be great because otherwise I'm going to have to come up with a lot of other solutions to a lot of problems <laughs> down the line and give George another character. Well, me, we were on the tube going back together and he just said, <laughs> he was like, I really hope I don't have to kill George's character. I was like, you don't have to <laughs> yeah, kill George's character. To. You're making that choice. <laughs> uh, right, so we were going to do a couple of Russo Pays, but uh, actually we've run out of time. So that is all we've got time for today. We're going to be back tomorrow with a bonus podcast, which is going to be NXT TakeOver 4 predictions. And then we'll be back the following day with our SummerSlam predictions. That's our three-man booth which is going to be very very exciting then on saturday we've got the usual magazine show and the wos uh, episode 4 review then on sunday it's going to be an nxt takeover brooklyn 4 review show with laurie and ollie and then SummerSlam the following day after that with laurie and ollie again reviewing that show and then raw and smackdown after that so you've got plenty of podcasts to get through multiple more hours than SummerSlam will likely moisturize run. your ears because <laughs> we're coming for them <laughs> uh, but until then we'll see you later i love you goodbye 
want to meet myself and Ollie Davis of Wrestle Ramble fame? Well, you can do just that by joining us at Wrestling Media Con on September 8th and 9th from the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester, England. Ollie and I will be doing a live episode of Wrestle Ramble as well as signings and photos, but that's not all. Wrestling Media Con will have shows from Cultaholic, Inside the Ropes, Wrestling with Regret, Don Callis, Botchamania, Art of Wrestling, Sean Waltman, and more. There will also be the first ever Wrestling Media Hall of Fame and wrestling shows from Impact Wrestling where they will be taking on the best the UK has to offer and Revolution Pro Wrestling featuring the legendary Jushin Thunder Liger defending his British J-Cup crown. Tickets are on sale now so head over to WrestlingMediaCon.com That's WrestlingMediaCon.com Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.